to always get the latest Game Tea, don't forget to follow us on social media. You can find us at Twitter at Game Tea Podcast X. You can find us on Facebook at The Game Tea Podcast. And you can find us on Instagram at The Game Tea Podcast. We post frequently, giving you podcast updates, posting gaming news, and the occasional meme. Check them out after the show, and thank you so much for listening to The Game Tea Podcast. everybody and welcome to another episode of the game tea podcast my name is jp i'm sick all right we've been talking about it for weeks and it finally happened uh yesterday as of this recording but about four days ago as of the time this will drop czar got married <laughs> oh now i'm the minority why must i be so alone zach what do i have to do to find love in this lost world love's overrated my guy Says the guy who's married. Anyway, <laughs> no, ser- no, seriously, man. What'd you think? Uh, we were at the wedding the other day. What'd you think? Did you have a good time? I had a really good time. It was beautiful. It was uh, nice and small. Perfect for COVID season. Um, definitely made the best out of a crazy situation. What did you think? Yeah, Zara's wedding was absolutely gorgeous. I'm so glad that we had the opportunity to go. Uh, Lauren looked beautiful. You looked beautiful. I got drunk. <laughs> Game tea, clean up nice. The g- <laughs> Czar is currently on his honeymoon. He's off doing his thing. So it's just Zach and I today. And I'm actually going to miss Czar. I already kind of miss Czar. What are you saying? I'm not good enough? No, come on. No, no. I love you, Zach. Don't be like that, baby. Whatever. You ready to get into some gaming news? I know that there's a lot to talk about. A lot has happened in the last week and we need to talk about it. Let's be real. Sorry, you got married on, like, the worst week to get married. Like, so much gaming news dropped. You would go through itinerary because you are not wrong. There was a lot that has happened over the last week and a half. Today on the (laughs) podcast, we're going to talk about Super Mario 3D All-Stars and some news that came out when people data-mined it. Yeah. Xbox Game Pass. PS4 ain't dead yet. Then we go into PS5 ideology. And then Beyond Good and Evil 2... It's an update, and then, and then finally we'll go into game releases. With that being said, anything to add, JP? Are you ready to rock and roll? No, I am absolutely ready, especially since I can't wait for you to talk about this first article. I think you're going to have a heart attack over how excited you are. All right, so first up, um, this is coming to us from GearNuke.com by Kurum Imitayaz. I'm sure I said that wrong, and I apologize ahead of time. 3D All-Stars. What have you been thinking, Zach? I'm in love with the game. I mean... The biggest uh, thing you can say is is like it's not like a Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy remake. It's just like, a, lo and behold, here's the games, exactly how you remember. Slightly upscaled and polished up. Holy crap, JP. I mean, I'm always like for new games. I love new games, but sometimes a good old dose of the nostalgia does, does the body good, man. My wife was watching me. She's like, why are you smiling so much? And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like so long, gay Bowser. I throw him into the mind, you know what I mean? I absolutely know what you mean there. I mean, like, nostalgia gets a bad rep, especially Nintendo is the king of reselling our childhoods back to us. But you know what? I'm buying. I'm so happy that this came to the Switch. I, yeah, it's been fun. I've been having a great time. And 
I don't know. Nostalgia is great. It just it reminds you of a better time when things were simpler, you know? Yeah. So we were we were driving a lot to go to the wedding. And so I got to get a lot of Super Mario 64 in. And that was nice. Oh, that is nice. Um, and I think you got to do the same, right? How far are you? How many stars you got? I haven't gotten any stars yet. <laughs> are you doing shines? Are you, you have some shines yet? What are you doing, JP? You I don't sleeping? have any shines. I dude, I. I was a part of the wedding party and I've been busy the last couple days. We were in car. We were, you know, off for the so wedding. I was the one getting married and he got 17 stars. That's just because Zar is super dedicated. <laughs> yeah. Come to come to think of it. That's a pretty good point. I don't know what my excuse is. <laughs> All this is leading up into um, this game. It was a lot of fun. Uh, when it, when the rumor came out, I definitely overhyped it. And like I was imagining, like I, I alluded to earlier, the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy, like that full fur, that fur K, is that what they called the, what Sony called fur it? Fur K, that's good, that's good, I like that. <laughs> I, no, no, don't, IGP, I did not copyright that, don't tell Sony, Sony would kill me, okay? <laughs> There's Nintendo Ninjas, and then Sony just literally throws a shirt at your forehead, you're dead. It's just like, boy, I haven't seen Zack in a while. <laughs> <laughs> the reason these games are, um, they're, they're pretty much emulated ROMs, what it comes out to be, JP, and this has been data mined, by Oatmeal Dome. Oat, oatmeal Dome. <laughs> Good on you, Oatmeal Dome. Yeah, he, he got the Twitter. He's he's a pretty reputable guy. He's he's uh, data mined a bunch of games. But what's really cool about his data mining skills here is that um, it's running on an emulated version of the original Super Mario 64 and Super Mario Sunshine and a partially emulated version of Super Mario Galaxy. And you'd imagine it's partially emulated because the Wii to Nintendo Switch, that's like not a one-to-one. You got you to gotta redo the entire controls for that. Like the point of controls for Super Mario Galaxy, it's uh, it's different. I'll say that. It's still an amazing game, but it's totally different. But basically, sources within Nintendo are suggesting Super Mario 3D All-Star started development in February of March of this year. Are you kidding? You want to talk about a quick turnaround right there? And I mean, this game is selling like hotcakes now. I think it's the number one seller on the store right now, the eShop. I think that's pretty, that's pretty insane. So it may feel a little rushed. That's kind of, kind of is. Came out in six months. That's pretty nuts. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is like, yeah, you're right. Nintendo does repackage your things, but this totally changes the outlook on Nintendo for this year. Like the Super Mario 3D All-Stars, I think it's going to be remembered in a positive limelight. Like maybe a slightly missed opportunity, but still a great opportunity. And it's still a great cash grab at the end of the day to make Nintendo look really good um, come their financials, right? Uh, I mean, I'm kind of on the fence about how I feel about all this. Well, one, when you say a little disappointing, you're referring to the fact that none of these games were remastered or optimized. They were, they're basically ports from their respective consoles. With some upscaling, JP. I know, I know, with mm. a little upscaling. And I'm kind of, I am with you in the idea that it would have been really cool to see all three of these games really get the, like, you you know, you actually put it into great words. The Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy treatment, that would have been fantastic. On the other hand, I do think that there's a little bit of magic to be had in just keeping these games as they were. I feel like you said that before. So I guess Nintendo's out here trying to like get on your side, JP. But I, I honestly could go either way. That's the thing about having nice graphics is like, I would have been admiring it throughout the whole game. But I mean, the reason why I'm playing this is to relive a little of my childhood. You know, has the fact that Super Mario 64 by today's standards looks like I'm playing with Legos changed? <laughs> that I've been having a good time hearing about you and Czar play it? No, not at all. 
And you know what? You got me. The first game I did, I did manage to boot up Super Mario Sunshine for about 10 minutes just because I wanted to go through the opening and I wanted to get a little taste of what I have in store. And yeah, I mean, you can tell it's a GameCube era game, but at the same time, there's a little bit of charm to that, in my opinion. All right, so let me go back into why it's important that this is a ROM. Some people are speculating right now, is Mario 64 is running on an N64 emulator? You got to think, JP. If it's an N64 emulator, they can emulate more games. Two years ago, we got the Switch Online launch with the NES. One year ago, we got Switch Online uh, anniversary with the SNES. So N64 this year, maybe? Oh, my God. I didn't even think about that. That'd be amazing. And that would kind of coincide with why this is a limited release game, because, I mean... They're going to be able to hype it up a lot easier. Their online service way to say, hey, if you didn't get Super Mario 64 in that limited edition, fire Switch Online. You'll have Super Mario 64. You're not wrong. <laughs> That's incredibly exciting. Obviously speculatory. Um, but Oatmeal Dome has done this stuff before. And I mean, if you already have the emulator working and I Super Mario 64 runs just like it, it ran on the N64 to a fault. I don't know. I'm very eager to see what they do with this, JP. No, you're not kidding. You brought up points that I didn't even think about. And now I am ecstatic to see what Nintendo has in store. During this whole quote-unquote console war with the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X, Nintendo's just been that warm blankie. It's like, hey, whatever happens, I'm here for you. I'm like, I love you, Nintendo. We love you too, money. I mean, JP. (laughs) And I love you, money. (laughs) (laughs) And so, also, the hype train doesn't stop there, JP. Super Mario Galaxy is running an emulator based off uh, for the GameCube. Um, and what's really cool about this is it's a Wii and GameCube emulator named Haggy. And it's possibly made by the Nerd Division. I'm not making this up. That's the Nintendo of Europe division. It's called Nerd. I love <laughs> it. I love it so much. All right, JP, with this, what three N64 games would you be most excited for? Not that it's like impossible. Like, I mean, GoldenEye, that's probably not happening. But what three (laughs) Nintendo 64 games would you most like to see if they do do this uh, third anniversary of Nintendo Switch Online? I mean, me personally, you know, it'd be like Zelda all the way. But we saw remakes on the N64 or on the uh, Nintendo 3DS for most of those games. So I think you can do the most fan service by Banjo-Kazooie. You said GoldenEye, I'll take GoldenEye off because that's honestly one of the games I was going to say, but you're right. So let's say Banjo-Kazooie, um, Conquers Bad Fur Day, because that is a cult classic. Dude, I would shit my pants if Rare shares their IPs like that. That'd be, that'd be really nice, but I don't think yeah. Xbox is going to let them play that nice. Yeah, yeah, Nintendo and Xbox have been playing nice, but not that nice. Ooh, what about Pokemon Stadium? Oh my god, when is the last time we could play that? Like, for real? I don't know, but I loved it so much. Pokemon Stadium, but with, like, the current... I don't know. There's lots you could do with it. I'm excited about this news because it's genuinely things that I didn't even consider. Okay, Pokemon Stadium minigames, JP. That was, like, one of my favorite things against 64. Oh like, my yeah, god. Pokemon Shield kind of already defeats the purpose of like Pokemon Stadium because it's all in 3D now. But the mini games. The mini games. You're not wrong. Get out Mario Party. In my opinion, I like those mini games more than Mario Party. Wow, that is a bold statement. And so I think those will be my three, JP. Pokemon Stadium 2, because I guess that's slightly different. Um, <laughs> Mario Kart, or no, <clears throat> Mario Party 2, the one that doesn't give you a broken thumb. 
and then um, Smash Bros. Because I'm basic like that. All right, I could we could just make this whole episode about Nintendo, but we do have more stuff to talk about. We have to though. I guess not. It's our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. For the viewers, I'll shove about Nintendo for a few seconds. All right, Zara, you take the next one. It's about Xbox. Hi, I'm Zara. I'm smell, I smell and I can't read. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can't read. Okay, Zara, I got this for you, buddy. Oh, shit. <laughs> this next article title is Xbox Game Pass is Stupid Good Take Two. So we talked about this last week. Shout out to people who listened to that one. Um, but <laughs> Xbox Game Pass just keeps taking off. And so this news is coming directly from Xbox.com. So, yeah, it's it's pretty official. <laughs> yeah, that's say. pretty official. <laughs> like, huh, this seems a little suspicious. But Xbox Game Pass for PC is finally coming out of its beta. And that'll happen on probably by the time this episode drops, September 17th. So, yeah, it's already happened. The beta is over and Xbox Game Pass is finally launched for PC in its launch edition. That is fantastic to hear. I uh, Are you gonna are you planning on giving this a shot? You know, I'm going back and forth. I kind of want to wait until like holiday season when Xbox starts dropping some like big hitters. Not that they haven't already, but, you know, just to kind of pull. I also just don't have a lot of free time right now. Literally, I'm in the same. You took the words right out of my mouth. I want to wait. I want to see what people's reception on this is. I want to see if what kind of games they drop. I mean, we're looking at the screen right now, and you know I love Night in the Woods, um, but I've played it eight times. I, I feel like with us, since we're such avid gamers, like I know we say we're busy, but we, we still get our games in. We at least pick them up for a little bit. We don't, we don't always complete them. If you're a person who like just, I, I called it the Netflix, and I know I'm not the most original person because I'm sure everyone else has too. It's the Netflix of gaming. You literally can just go through and find a movie that you like, a, <clears throat> a game that you like. Sorry, now you got too good for even me. Um, you can find a game that you like and just play it. That really is the beauty of Game Pass. It's, uh, it is, it's magical to be able to do that. To me, it almost, it almost came off as intimidating as for, at first because, you know, the three of us have been talking for months now about the horrors of having a backlog. And I saw, oh, so I'll be able to play hundreds of new titles I've never played before on Game Pass, huh? Guess I'll just die. I mean, that's really the beauty of it is like the ability to try a game and see if you like it. And if you're not a big fan, just move on. I want to go into, so they, they talk about Xbox Game Pass Quest. And basically what these quests are is it's just a reason to go into a game um, and they do have some like prerequisites. So like only ultimate members can do the Sea of Thieves quest, which is talk like a pirate, which is just log in and play and you get 25 points. And then you can redeem these points in the Xbox Game Pass mobile app. And I'm curious as to like some of the cool things you get. I imagine anything big, like I'm trying to find it on this website. It's kind of hidden. It'll probably be, it'll probably more than likely just be little like um, probably exclusive merchandise, you know, probably smaller things like patches, pins, um, maybe t-shirts or other articles of clothing. But if, if you collect enough points, but I'd imagine it's going to be really, really cool. Let's just talk about some of the games because that's why you would get it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so coming soon is Company of Heroes 2, Destiny 2 with both of the new expansions, Shadowkeep and Forsaken. JP, did you hear this thing called xCloud? Actually, no. <laughs> All right, so xCloud is basically, Microsoft has built up this giant server base that your phone, your Android device can actually tap into, and you can play games like um, Destiny on your Android phone. Yeah, you know what? We were talking about that last week, and... I don't know. When I heard it, I kind of I slept on that fact a little bit. But I mean, like the more I'm thinking about 
how well this is going to be integrated, you know, being able to play, have one account where you have games between your Xbox, your gaming PC, PC, and now your Android phone. I'm not going to lie. That's pretty cool. This is like Stadia, but it works. So this would be <laughs> cool. Yeah, I, I crap on Stadia a lot. Like, don't get me wrong. Google, like, they'll figure out eventually. I mean, it's Google after all, but they really dropped the ball on Stadia. So I'm going to I'm gonna kick it while it's down because it's a cool thing to do. It was a cash grab and... Google has no business getting into the video games industry. That's all I will say about that. And I just think Xbox Game Pass is so neat. Like, that is a reason to have an Xbox console. It's kind of the reason that I'm not buying an Xbox console. It's the reason I'm using my PC. But if you can't afford a PC, it's great for that Xbox Series S, that Xbox Series X, whichever one you do pick up. Precisely. Precisely. With this, I mean, we have been hyping up Game Pass for a while now, Zach. And I think it's because the three of us understand this is one of the best values in gaming. This is unprecedented, and it's really something to be excited about. All right, all right, all right. Before we go, I got three questions. Are you ready? Fire away. When's it coming to Apple devices? Uh, next question. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I feel like in other places of the world, Apple's not as big, but especially in the U.S., like Apple is ginormous. And so I feel like once they get the Apple support figured out and how that, I don't even want to know how all that revenue should be split or how I, I can't even imagine those kind of meetings but like once they get it on apple it's gonna be a good time like i can see this thing really blowing up i mean yeah and you're absolutely right i'm just uh, thinking about apple and how well they play with other devices like i don't know maybe they're buying their time to see how it goes with android and then they'll be like hey maybe i want it on this race we'll see what happens there can you think of a better way to keep like those multiplayer games relevant then like, oh, hey, um, Battlefield 5 is coming to Game Pass. And, you know, everyone then is like, hey, let's all go play on Battlefield 5. And then queues are super short. You're absolutely right. That goes back to what you were saying earlier, being able to just sample a ton of different kinds of titles. That's really the value of Game Pass, you know, making it so that you can you have access to these titles that, you know, we all want to play every great game that ever comes out. But you have to make a choice sometimes because just like something launches and you want to play something else more, but no, you're absolutely right. This will give you the opportunity to try all those multiplayer games that you kind of slept on when they were really popular. And then my final question for you, JP, you know, that last one really wasn't a question. So thanks for rolling with me. Um, <laughs> how do you think Game Pass makes their money? You have to think that most of these games that are coming to Game Pass, and I mean, like, of course, there's big hitting titles coming to it, but most of these games are, you know, Games that have been around for quite a little bit of time that weren't making them much money now anyway. I mean, come on. I could probably pick up Destiny 2 for like 10 bucks right now. And same with Halo, Halo 3, even less than that. Night in the Woods, even less than that. What else do we have here? Like, the point I'm trying to make is that I'm thinking Game Pass makes its money based on being a subscription-based service. And I also think that's where the most uh, the most skepticism from the Xbox fan base has been about the fact that it's a subscription-based service. But I think if you're an avid gamer, you're really going to get your money's worth out of it. And I think it's great, good for Xbox too, because if you think about it, they weren't making money on these games anymore anyway, because they've been out forever and you can buy them dirt cheap. But now, you know, a blanket $10 a month or what is it? 15, 10, 15, a blanket $15 a month. Like over time, that's going to add up. I think that's where we're at, JP. Like this is definitely an investment on Microsoft's end. But yeah, it's you got to think, especially with how well Netflix is doing. Yeah, it's just going to pay off. I really think it will. You're the one who actually made the point a couple episodes ago and saying that uh, Xbox is doing a really good job of future proofing with like these service based things. 
I think that hit the nail on the head. It's like, yeah, PlayStation has been hitting it out of the park with their hardware and the games, but Xbox is doing some really, really cool stuff too. They just, it, it hasn't been flaunted as much, but Game Pass is really, really cool. All right, with that, let's not keep going. You ready to bring this train into Sony's, uh, Sony's Playhouse? Let's go to Sony's Playhouse. I'm very excited. Where all they do is Kratos beats the shit out of you. Welcome <laughs> to Sony's Playhouse. Welcome to Sony's Playhouse. I think that's Disney, so cut this out. You know <laughs> JB, so I'm on out. Fuck. That was really good. Did you, did you come up with that just now? Yeah. Uh, wow. Good for you, buddy. Good class for Zach. That was amazing. Uh, what were we talking about again? Yo, PS4 won't go away. Kill it. Kill it, JP. Hell yeah. All right. So we've had most of our questions about PlayStation answered up until this point, except one of the big ones. What is PlayStation 5 going to do as far as backwards compatibility? Apparently, a statement from one of the high ups from, uh, from Sony says that 99% of PS4 games will work on the PlayStation 5. That is some extremely excited news, exciting news, um, especially because that was one of Microsoft's big selling points still for the Xbox, Xbox Series X is just, uh, you know, the backwards compatibility. Sony and Microsoft are just in this spot right now of one-upping each other like, oh yeah, well, we'll do backwards compa compatibility too. It's like, oh, yeah, well, we're doing Game Pass. And it just keeps going back and forth. It's, and to them, it's like they're sparring, but all the gamers are in a circle around just, yeah, let's keep it going. 99% of PlayStation 4 games supposedly will work as backwards compatibility with the PlayStation 5. Um, we're reading this from an article from GameSpot written by James O'Connor. I think it's really funny, though. If you look kind of below uh, one of these paragraphs, it says, unfortunately, Sony has confirmed that the PlayStation 5 will not run games from the PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, or the PlayStation 3. It's like, yeah, no shit. I want to play Spiral the Dragon with my PlayStation uh, 1 disc on my PS5. How hard is that, JP? Yeah, Sony's really screwing the fan base here. <laughs> I mean, initially, you know, Zach, you were kind of the spectator while Zara and I were fighting about this and the great debate regarding PlayStation versus Xbox. How do you feel as someone on the outside hearing about PlayStation doing this? Really don't think it even matters. I think people make a big huff about backwards compatibility. Um, and then that usually doesn't make a big difference in the long run. So I get while Sony's like, you guys say you care about PS3, PS2, and PS1 games, but you really don't. And yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's a few fans out there that do, but a majority, it just seems it's not it's not a difference maker. So I think Sony's fine. Am I happy that Xbox is being so backwards friendly? Absolutely. But is it a deal breaker? No. It's so funny how you just articulated how I've been feeling for a long time now. <laughs> I can't believe it. I'm in the same boat where like backwards compatibility. OK, here's my whole thing with backwards compatibility. I want to still be able to have use out of my older consoles. I still have my Xbox 360. I still want to be able to use my PlayStation 4 after the PlayStation 5 gets announced. It's like this whole backwards compatibility thing has everyone up in a big old tough, like you said. You still want to use your DVD player, huh, JP? Blu-ray player to you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I, I don't, I think it's kind of funny you said that because even though you're saying that and I agree with that, I'm like, I never want to go near my Wii U again. I literally never want to touch a thing with a stick. 
okay, but that's because it's the Wii U. Yeah. <laughs> or like my Wii, because I really just hate motion controls. I don't. I got. I got my fix, and now I'm like, I just want my good old games like they used to be back in the day. Back in my childhood. And you're right. I guess what I'm trying to say is like, I don't want to stop using my PlayStation 4 Pro the second PlayStation 5 drops. You know, it's just like, I'll st- I still have the PlayStation 4. It's like, if I ha- have a game I really want to play, and which by the way, won't be a problem because now we're seeing this. It's like, why don't I just, that's the thing that I always, with people who would fight with me about this thing. I know that we joke around about the whole console war thing, but I've had people who are Xbox fans genuinely come up to me like, well, well, what about backwards compatibility? And I'm like, well, why don't you just keep your Xbox one and play those games there? And they just, (coughs) 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 it's like, you don't have a good reason. You don't have a good reason why that should be. Yeah, it's cool. Backwards compatibility is cool. Just my opinion. I still want to get some use out of my PlayStation 4 once the PS5 drops. You know, like, it is just our opinion. And even though you may not be in the majority, that's fine. And there's nothing wrong with that. I personally, like I said again, would just want all my nice little Nintendo Switch that I can take everywhere. Is that so much to ask? I want to play <laughs> Crash Bandicoot 4 on my Nintendo Switch. Because, like, eight-year-old me would have pooped his pants being able to do stuff like this. That's really it just from this part of the article. Um... We got so much news from the last PlayStation 5 showcase, which we'll talk about uh, here pretty soon. It was an amazing showcase event, and this seemed to be the only piece of information that we didn't have yet was what's backwards compatibility going to look like. Because in that event, we got a big lineup of new games, which nobody saw coming. We got pricing for the PlayStation, which, by the way, I almost hit the nail on the head for. And yeah, backwards compatibility was the only thing that was still kind of in the dark. And now we know. And I mean, like, it's not even like that big of a deal because I was like, oh, I want to keep using my PS4 just now. But on the other hand, I don't have to worry about that because with uh, PlayStation's new fucking uh, PlayStation Plus membership service that they're doing, you can play all the PlayStation 4 greats on the PlayStation 5 day one as long as you're an online member. Okay, so next up is um, a little bit more kind of having to do with PlayStation. It's more uh, a little bit of an opinion piece from one of their higher up CEO, uh, Jim Ryan. So essentially, long story short of this article, this is an article from Video Games Chronicle made by Andy Robinson. Um, Jim Ryan claims Sony considered a lower spec PlayStation 5, but decided it would be too problematic. In my opinion, this is a little bit of a shot at Microsoft because like they're clearly making this in response to like when uh, they announced the Xbox Series S, like the $300 smaller Xbox console for this generation. And I'm sure the first thing that people started saying to Sony was, okay, are you guys planning on doing the same? And Jim Ryan just goes, yeah, it'd be true problematic. I don't think we're going to go that route. I'm just kind of like, ouch. Which is funny because the first thing he says is, I respect everyone's dis- or every competitor's decision and philosophies. Right. But- <laughs> right, exactly. Quote unquote, the first thing I would like to say is that I respect every competitor's decision and their philo- philosophies, Ryan said. Clearly, price is an important factor. We respect other companies' competitive strategies. However, we are fully committed to and believe in our current strategy and the effect it will have. So essentially what Jim Ryan is trying to say, here's exactly how the conversation probably went. Hey, Jim, 
we just saw that Xbox did the Series S, you know, to make the console more accessible for those who may want it but may not have $500 for the higher spec version. Would PlayStation be considering and doing the same thing? And Jim went, ha, 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 ha. oh, you were serious. So in other words, no, PlayStation is not going to be making um, any type of like lower spec version of the console to get it into the hands of more people. In fact, they've done the opposite. You remember we spoke um, a few episodes ago how there's already a patent for some like, or they're talking about some type of PlayStation 5 Pro. So like they're going in the opposite direction. You know, they've got the two base consoles right now, the PlayStation 5 with the disk drive at $500 and the PlayStation 5 digital edition uh, for $400. And they're probably considering some type of like PlayStation Pro for closer to like $600 maybe. I don't know what the plans are for that, but they're doing the opposite. Hearing about Jim's opinion zach begs the question how do you feel about s style consoles do you agree with jim ryan do you think xbox is doing the right thing by making a series s console what are your thoughts and feelings here jb that's a good question and i feel like he's right because it's like when you buy a console you want a cutting edge device you want to strike a good device you don't want that introductory thing because you always feel like you could be getting more at least that's how i feel I feel like I could always be getting more out of it. You know what I mean? Like if I got a Series S, I'd want the Series X. And so, yeah, like if I had the Switch Lite, I really would like this normal Switch. I'm like, I just don't see the point of having the smaller, weaker edition because I would always be like, well, what if? You know what I mean? I really think that's an opinion base. So if you if you differ with me, it's not that I think you're wrong. It's just that's how I feel about it personally. And by all means, I didn't ask to attack you, even though fuck you. Uh, you think about me? I think it's about you. <laughs> And it's really funny that you say that because I disagree with Jim. I don't think there's any problem with making like more accessible consoles. All right, so like, let's take a guy like me. You know, let's say I didn't have a gaming PC. Clearly PlayStation 5 is killing it right now with their marketing and what they're doing with the console and what they're doing with games. There's no doubt about that. But that being said, Xbox is still doing some really cool stuff too. You know, I don't want to spend uh, the full price on both of these consoles, but it's like, oh my God, I could get this really cool little Xbox, you know, where I could stay up to date with the current games and still be able to play them. And I'll take a hit in graphics fidelity, but in exchange, like it's a $300, very sophisticated piece of hardware, even at 300 bucks. Yeah, it's not as great as its counterpart, the Xbox Series X, but that's exactly the point was it's like, hey, maybe we'll take away some of the beefiness and in exchange, it's at a price point that a more average type of consumer, in my opinion, that's good business and it's good for gamers. Yeah, and I totally, I agree with that point too, but you know, I'm a totally different gamer though. I guess I'm weird. I feel like I'm a snob right now like saying that, but you know know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I I do gaming for like a, it's like a big part. It's a big hobby in my life. There's a lot of different opinions you could go to on that. And that's just from a gamer's perspective too. Business-wise, I don't know if Jim Ryan is right or not. I don't know how well the Nintendo 2DS sold. They were selling that thing for dirt cheap. Dirt cheap. What was it, 75 bucks at the end of its run? Yeah, like $80 for- With the game, and you got Mario Kart. Yeah, like, oh my God, what a, what a steal, honestly, but- Uh, Again, like that's from a gamer's perspective. I don't know the actual business statistics. I don't know if Jim's right or not. Well, Jim will say that he's right based on research. So you tell us about his research, JP. Well, according to Jim Ryan, fuck you, I'm Jim Ryan. (laughs) 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 
Is that a meme? I feel like that's a meme. No, we're making it a meme. Is it a thing? It's never gonna be a thing. We're making it a thing. So he has this quote here that says, one thing that can be said is that if you look at the history of the game business, creating a special low price reduced spec console is something that has not had great results in the past. We've considered that option and seen other executives who have attempted this discover how problematic it can be. I mean, it goes back to exactly what I was just saying. I don't actually know business-wise, sales-wise, how accurate what he's saying is, but he's the CEO of Sony, and I'm just a shit-talking podcaster. Don't say yourself short. You're a great shit-talking podcaster. Oh, and more importantly, though, we're fans of gaming. I don't know. I'm not saying that this is a disconnected. What Jim Ryan is saying is kind of disconnected, but nobody knows better what we want than us. And as a gamer, I say there is nothing wrong with making a more accessible console. But I also see some of the points you were trying to make. I don't know. Accessibility is huge because if you get it too expensive, then if I have no one to play my games with, I'm going to feel like a buffoon. And I think the one thing I wanted to kind of jog your your memory on i think you might have talked about it um people want to buy game console continuously for four or five six maybe even seven years they want to believe they bought something that is future-proofed and not going to be outdated in two to three years and i think that was the point that i was in like yeah you know what you got this like i i don't know i'm kind of like if you buy something you want it to last at least half a decade especially with that a 500 price point like and that's that's honestly a good counterpoint to what i've been saying is like Okay, it's true. You do have a more accessible console now, but also with its, you know, reduced graphics fidelity, it could really become obsolete in a much shorter time period. The play, you know, the last generation lasted almost eight years, but it's like, well, if we give you this lower spec console, like, you know, you're spending $300 now, but you're probably going to have to upgrade again if you really want to get the full experience much sooner than if you had just bought the more expensive console. That's a good point, too. Tell me I'm great. I did not say that. Can you, though? You're pretty great. With that, JP, I think we've kind of given our thought process on how Jim Ryan thinks. I think we're ready to move on to PlayStation's big oopsies. Okay, so the last piece of PlayStation news for the day. Oh, thank God. (laughs) Uh, Chill, 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 chill. It's okay. Just relax. All right. So it was a tweet directly from the official PlayStation page that said, Let's be honest, PlayStation 5 pre-orders could have gone a lot smoother. We truly apologize for that. Over the next few days, we will release more PlayStation 5 consoles for pre-order. Retailers will share more details. And more PlayStation 5s will be available through the end of the year. So, I actually have a couple of friends who have managed to get their pre-order confirmed for the PlayStation 5. And many more friends who attempted to but could not due to server crashes on basically every retail site you can think of. Ayo. Turn up. Hey, if I buy a PS5, does that go on the, um, does that go on my tax returns for you, JP? You'll reimburse me, right? We are, we are officially making money. All right. JP's paying for a PS5. Y'all heard it here first. PlayStation 5's for everybody. Good thing I stole someone's credit card the other day. <laughs> you just admitted to a felony. Aw. Ayo. <laughs> Felonies are lit. Hey, no, wait. Felonies are not lit. The Game T podcast does not endorse felonies. But JP does. (laughs) Okay, okay, fine. No felonies. What about a misdemeanor? Can I have just one misdemeanor? Uh, it depends on the misdemeanor. Pee on the side of a building or something? Nope. You used to be fun. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Oh, the tweet. We forgot about the tweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so... 
dude, this was a shit show. And I don't know if it's like totally Sony's fault because it sounds like GameStop, the full GameStop and was like pre-order from us first. Yeah, so we don't have the full situation on this. So I don't think we're going to talk about this until like the whole story gets out. Here's what I'll say for now. I don't blame PlayStation at all for this. This happened. This isn't just like a PlayStation or some type of gaming thing. I've heard horror stories of like when some new makeup palette goes on sale from like, I don't know, Jeffree Star or what, whoever the hell on YouTube does makeup. And the exact same thing happens. So many people want it that the traffic at these websites is crazy, causing issues. And to be honest, I don't see how that's PlayStation's fault one bit. Well, they did say they give us ample time to pre-order. Okay. And then they had the PS5 conference. And then they were like, pre-order soon. And then that soon literally meant 30 minutes later or less. I'm, I'm just kind of on the fence about it. Like, I... It's more just the supply and demand thing. And by the way, I'm still taking into consideration the fact that we're living in COVID times. The And I'm sure the production of the PlayStation 5 isn't anywhere near what it would need to be to satisfy that demand. And let's be real, you're totally right on that part. And it's not, at the end of the day, like, this was going to be a shit show no matter what. But they definitely could have handled it in a way to where, like, when they said, you're going to be able to pre-order this and not just, like, say, okay, pre-orders are happening now. Like YOLO, you know what I mean? That's that's where I'm at, okay. and I'm, I'm totally in the same department as you. Like, this was going to be crap shoot no matter what. Like, it just took one company to say, hey, we're, like, letting you pre-order now, and the other one's like, oh, shit, we should do that, too. All right, you know what? I, I'll i give that to you. I'll give that to you. PlayStation made a few empty promises when they started selling this thing, and they just should have done that. What they should have said is, every man for themselves! <laughs> <laughs> that's eventually what, that's what's going to happen no matter what. <laughs> um, Yeah. And I think that's pretty much it for that one. Just uh, Sony apologize, so good on them. And well, you can get your PS5. Let us know if you got yours or not on the Game Cheap Podcast. And uh, yeah, we'll be jealous of you because I didn't get one. JP, did you get one? Hell no, I'm broke. <laughs> I am broke, boy. $500 was the price of the graphics card in my PC alone. Have I told you about my PC? <laughs> well, I've gotten my PlayStation fill for the day. Zach, we've got one more big article to talk about. Would you like to take it? Hey, you know what? We got two more big articles. I may have snuck that last one in last second, so you better get caught up to date quick, all right? <clears throat> Keeping JP on his toes 24-7. <laughs> Next up, we have Beyond Good and Evil 2. It may actually happen this decade, JP. <gasps> I don't know what Beyond Good and Evil 2 is. And that is okay. So Beyond Good and Evil 2, <laughs> let's see. Let me just give you guys a quick history lesson here. Beyond Good and Evil is a game that came out on in 2003. For PS2, Microsoft, Windows, Xbox, and GameCube. Okay. And I want to say Beyond Good and Evil 2. So Beyond Good and Evil 2, I just went to the fandom. Gotta always trust the fandoms. The fandoms know what they're talking about. It was announced on October 6, 2016. So almost four years ago when this episode is going to come out, JP. And we've had very little to no updates other than a cinematic trailer. And so Ubisoft finally posted some news on it in September of 2020. And they wanted to let us know that Michael, the, one of the producers, has finally left and that he did not have that big of an impact on it. So it's not the end of the world. But if you're telling us this, it's probably a bigger deal than you're making out. Exactly. You wouldn't make the point of saying that if you really believed it. Like, we're fine. We don't need him. Everything's fine. And so I'm just going to read the paragraph because I think this does it perfect. As Michael noted, he hasn't been directly involved in Beyond Good and Evil 2 for some time now. 
as the team have been hard at work building on top of a solid creative foundation that he helped shape. The team's collective strength has been has us well on our way to developing a flagship next generation action adventure game. JP, that this game has had some trouble and then some. Are they really just kept in the concept phase for a long time and announced it way too soon? It could very well be. Um, to, I'm going to be honest. I don't know anything about this game. This is the first time I've ever heard of it before. It's kind of astounding to me that that's the case because, I mean, it seems like it's a big deal. Yeah, they'd like you to make it out to be. It's definitely got a big cult following. Um, and I'll give you kind of a hint. It's a space pirate fantasy, offers hours of gameplay and an incredible level of freedom in a seamless online sandbox. That does sound cool. It is really neat. They're really shooting for the stars here. And I think they aim so high that that's why this is taking so long, which is kind of a good problem. As long as you can afford to keep funding the game, we could have a really cool game on, on our hands. When this will come out, I don't know. They didn't say. They said they're ramping up development, though. If you've got members of the team that are also kind of coming and going, that's not a great news either. And they, they did say it wasn't a big deal, but if you're going to say it's not a big deal, that leads us to think, exactly. it's probably a big deal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it, it's fine. Guys, 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 it's fine. I'm not worried. You're worried, you know, is all I'm going to say. So that's really interesting because you don't see very many cult classics games get this kind of attention. And from the description that you just gave me, I'm very interested because that sounds really cool. And hell, even just the picture that I'm seeing of the game up here at the top of the article, you got like humanoid looking animals and humans and everyone's fighting and has swords. It looks awesome. Space pirate fantasy, JP. That sounds so cool. That sounds so cool. <laughs> so they did say we still have a lot to do. The next milestone. So hopefully we get an update. It doesn't take a few years. Um, they're aiming to share more and show you the game in action sometime next year. So next year sometime, we may see an actual gameplay demo. It's weird because like we seem to both be kind of in the dark about where this game is and where it came from. But now we have something new to keep our eye on. Like, who knows? You know, we could be touching right now on a game that's going to be huge in a couple of years. All right. We got one more thing. We got one more thing to talk about today, brother. All right, Tencent's gaming strike stakes draw U.S. national security scrutiny. Should we be reading this article or is the FBI listening to us now? Yes. <laughs> this is coming <laughs> to us from Bloomberg. It's coming by Jenny Leonard. So this is coming to us from Jenny Leonard. And basically, if you guys didn't know, Trump is currently actively strike or going out against um, Chinese-based companies, specifically um, he's going after the WeChat and TikTok right now. And I think September 20th is when he's people are supposed to start shutting down TikTok involvement in the U.S. Okay, that's already interesting. Uh, um, what does this have to do with us and Gaten, Zach? The Committee of Foreign Investment in the U.S., which is chaired by the Treasury Department, has sent letters to companies, including game, Epic Games... Riot Games and others are about the security protocols and handling Americans' personal data, said the people who asked not to be named because the discussions are private. Riot Games and Epic Games are two very huge companies. Epic Games is Fortnite. Riot Games is League of Legends. Valorant as well. Both those are big game companies that are even branching out and getting even deeper. And so I guess right now they're trying to make sure that your data isn't being mishandled or sold to people that aren't in the U.S. That is interesting. 
And I really think JP and I, we like, we want to walk a fine line here. We are not a political based based podcast. We're just here for the games. Yeah. I mean, like anytime you get into like politics, it's kind of dangerous waters because we're supposed to be a fun gaming podcast, but at the same time, this is gaming news. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to talk about this right now. Um, Tencent, the world's largest gaming company, owns Los Angeles-based Riot and has a 40% stake, which is almost half. Sorry, I'm a, you know, I'm a teacher, so I got to tell you that. So this could be a very big deal depending on how their security protocols are. And this could affect a whole bunch of gamers um, depending on how this whole case checks out. Hmm. And not a lot of people are being followed up on. So this is kind of a big deal that's kind of hush-hush right now while they're figuring it out. Very, very interesting. We're stepping on landmines. JP, do you want to go to upcoming game releases or is there yeah. anything else you want to add? <laughs> Every satellite above the United States is pointed right at our houses right now. <laughs> upcoming game releases. Nothing funny here. <laughs> Yumihara Kawasi Bazooka is coming to PS4 and Nintendo Switch on September 29th. JP, are you not impressed by how I just said that? I feel like that was pretty close. I was just trying to comprehend it as I was reading. Are you... <laughs> Are you secretly taking Japanese? <laughs> yes. After that, we have The Walking Dead Onslaught coming to PC VR and PlayStation VR on September 29th. There's Warsaw coming to PS4 on September 29th. Ooh. And here we go. Baldur's Gate 3 is coming to PC in Stadia. Ooh, Stadia. On September 30th. But that's not all for Stadia in September. <gasps> Dead by Daylight is coming to Stadia sometime in September. Woo, Stadia! Um, not a lot of time since episodes come out, so hopefully it hits the mark, or you'll know if it got delayed. Then there's <laughs> Himig, which is coming to PC sometime in September. And then there's Super Mario Bros. 35 is coming to Switch Online October 1st. Cool. Then cool. Warsaw, which we talked about for the PS4, was coming out September 29th, but it's also coming to Switch on October 1st. Yeast, I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeast Origin is coming to Switch on October 1st. Crash Bandicoot 4 JP, it's about time. Oh, yeah. To, sorry, yeah. JP isn't in the title, but it's Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time. It's coming to PS4, Xbox One, October 2nd. <laughs> Crash Bandicoot 4, it's about time, JP. <laughs> <laughs> JP, look, it's happening. It's happening. It's happening. Let's Sing Queen is coming to PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch on October 2nd. Star Wars Squadrons is coming to PC, PS4, and Xbox One on October 2nd with a pre-order. Mm-hmm. Warsaw is then coming to Xbox. I don't know what's with Warsaw and like branching out here, but Warsaw yeah. is coming to Xbox One on October 2nd. Warsaw. Warsaw <laughs> never changes. <laughs> <laughs> Oregon is coming to PS4 and Xbox One Nintendo Switch on October 5th. And finally, game of the year, Nickelodeon Kart Racers 2 Grand Prix is coming to PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch on October 6th. Move over, Final Fantasy. There's a new contender for game of the year. <laughs> hey, yo, SpongeBob's in it. You know who I'm maining? Timmy Turner. And you would think that'd be the game that we're hyping up this week, but hell no, it ain't. We have on September 18th, on September 18th, coming to Nintendo Switch. Yeah, Super Mario Bros. Battle Royale. Luigi, I don't feel safe anymore. <laughs> Shut up, Luigi. I am so sick of your shit. This is actually called Super Mario Bros. 35. And JP, Super Mario Bros. Battle Royale. I didn't think it could happen with Tetris. I sure as hell didn't think it would happen with Mario. 
I'm freaking excited <laughs> to see what happens. Dude, I'm really excited to play this game. I really am. I mean, next, uh, right next to Super Mario All-Stars, this was something that really caught my eye. I'm like, oh my God, that's such a creative idea, honestly. What a fun way to bring back some OG Super Mario fun. And I just think this is super duper exciting. Um, I, I know that at least JPZR and I will play this at least once. I mean, it's free for Nintendo Switch Online users, so why wouldn't you, right? Free? Free? <laughs> I mean, not every, probably not everyone got the chance to watch the event. So explain a little more. What do we mean when we say Super Mario Bros. Battle Royale? What are we so, going to be doing in this game? There'll be you and 35 friends battling it out to see who can basically last the longest. And basically what's going to happen is there's you and there's 34 other screens kind of like sided out around your um, switch. And as you kill enemies or knock out um, or grab an item, it basically puts an enemy on someone else's screen. And so it can get very messy very quickly based on, I don't know if it's going to be RNG or if you can target just like in Tetris 99. It looks like you can target just like in Tetris 99. Hmm, okay. Um, so like if we all want to pick on JP, we can send like 15 Goombas his way. No, I hate Goomba. And then JP's got to hop over those Goombas, kill them, or die. But, but Goombas... It's pretty, it, it's pretty cool, especially like when you get like a, you step on a Goomba and then you hit a, a shell, a Koopa Troopa. Tetris 99 was awesome at first until I actually started playing and remembered how much I sucked at Tetris and everyone was being, <laughs> and everyone was being mean to me. Right. And I feel like it's going to be the same thing with this. Like, I'm going to realize how bad I am compared to the world at Mario, <laughs> but it's going to yeah. be fun for like at least the first week. Okay. Now here is the incredibly odd thing about this game. It's uh, not going to be playable forever, is it, Zach? No, JP. So it's coming out. <laughs> did I say September 18th? It's coming out October 1st. Just like how the All-Stars collection is going to end on March 31st, so is Super Mario Bros. 35. Right, but you're going to be able to keep Super Mario All-Stars, right? I mean, yeah, if you bought it. Yeah, no, it's, it's going to stay on your Switch forever. It's, that's If you buy something, it's yours. You just got to buy it during that limited time. I hope. I can't see Nintendo messing that up. The wild thing is, that was only one of the really cool things that they announced in the Mario event. I can't wait to give it a go. I have a feeling I'm going to be really, really bad at it, but I'll still have a good time. Right, I feel like definitely JP and I will be addicted, and this would be a really fun thing to play with our viewers. And if you have Switch Online, it's basically free, so come play with us. Hell yeah. All right, Zach, what do you think? Have we pretty much covered everything this week? I'd, I'd say so. Only for my liking, but definitely a lot. Zar, what do you think? Yeah, uh, I miss Zar. <laughs> I miss him so much. He goes and gets married, and now we'll never see him again, probably. That's what I thought about you when you got married, and I mean, it's true, but... You know, you come over whenever you want. Well, okay, that's not you true guys... either because of COVID, but yeah, still... You... I was going <laughs> to say. Thank you all so much for listening to another episode of the Game Tea Podcast. We will see you in the next episode. Bye!